0: We talk to women who have fallen victim to various kinds of online scams. And in some instances, these women have not only lost millions financially, but they've also lost their dignity, they've lost their support system. And in many cases, these women have been alienated by their very own families as well. And if you think that you may be immune to getting scammed, you may want to listen to these stories. Our guest today is Julie Hannaford. Don't go away. We'll be right back with her story. And welcome back. This is episode seven of the conversation online safety. I'm your host, Bridgetti Limbanda. Skywoman is a nonprofit formed by Louise Haynes, who researched various kinds of online scams for over three years. And one of its key focuses is education and empowerment. We've been sharing stories of women who have been scammed in various ways. And today we talk to Julie Hannaford. So let's welcome her on screen.
1: Jules, welcome.
0: Hi, welcome to the show. Good to have you with us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. It's great to be here.
0: I'm so pleased that you're able to share your story with us. Um, unfortunately, scamming seems to become part of everyday life. Um, and unfortunately, most, most women are shamed into silence and they don't talk about their story. Not only are you going to share your story, but you've also written a book about your story. So tell us, Jules, what happened to you?
1: So it happened over eight years ago. It was 2010 and I'd been single for a long time. I come from Australia, but I'm living in Hong Kong. And I was away on a holiday and I heard about internet dating as a way to perhaps meet somebody. So I was quite excited at the possibility of maybe finding somebody um, to be my partner because I've been alone for a lot of my life and I'm a single mother of of a daughter as well. So I got online and I met this guy in the UK and he said he was a contractor and a project manager for a construction firm and he sent me pictures of him standing next to an Audi and, you know, having lunch and really very, very, living a wonderful lifestyle in Manchester in the UK and we chatted for over a few months and he would never Skype with me or um, do any sort of face-to-face communication which was my first red flag that I chose to ignore because I believed his excuses that his webcam was broken and you know he wasn't able to he was too busy and things like that Anyway, I really wanted to meet him because I felt that I didn't want to spend a long time communicating to somebody online because I think you have to meet somebody to really know whether you click or not. So I suggested as a school teacher, I have um, summer holidays, well actually um, winter holidays here in Hong Kong. And I I suggested that, that I would go to the UK to meet up with him. Now he told me that he was of African descent, that he'd been adopted by Um, parents in the UK British parents and that he was actually a troubled teen and he'd been sent off to Canada to boarding school and that's why he had a strange accent because I'd questioned him about his accent because it wasn't particularly British had a little bit of a British twang but I've since learned that it was a West African accent so
0: just just Jules sorry if you can just back up a second I was the like the audience to understand what your background is. So you're a school teacher. I just wanted to um, hone in on that. So you used to working with members of the public. And so, you know, your perception skills are generally quite good.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think I have two university degrees. I've been teaching in education for 30 years. I'm a head of year and a, a middle manager in an international school in Hong Kong. And, you know, I've count myself as being quite smart, but I think when it comes to matters of the heart, people can become easily duped because they want to believe what they hear. And one of my main faults was being really naive, I guess, and feeling that because I'm a trusting, generous person, that everybody else would be the same. And so I really wasn't really aware about scamming. I'd never heard of online dating scams. It wasn't nine years ago. So I just didn't really question what he said to me. And even though there are a few red flags that popped up, like his accent and the fact he wouldn't uh, Skype with me and things like that, and even his story of being adopted, uh, I just chose to ignore them, even though if a friend had been telling me that same story, I would have said to them, hang on a minute, be careful, this doesn't sound right. So I think I'd been alone for so long as a single mother I'd left my husband when my daughter was 10 months old. So I'd been managing as a single mum for, you know, 12 years at that time and had been single for all of that time. So I think there was a part of me that so desperately wanted love that I was willing to overlook these niggles and these red flags that were popping up. And I really felt that I wanted to meet this guy to find out what was going on.
0: I, th- I think I see that's been a common denominator, um, you know, irrespective of your background. It's not just because people kind of assume that this kind of thing happens to the house, the bored housewife that doesn't have a lot of education. Um, you know, that's what people tend to think, you know, or you don't have two brain cells between your head. And I'm trying to emphasize that this can happen to anybody irrespective of your education level. You can be a highly intelligent person, you know. Um, we've got an interview coming up with um, with a, a gentleman, for example, who was scammed by a woman. It can happen to anyone and he's not a stupid person either. Well, it's um, interesting
1: you say that because I was talking to a couple of forensic psychologists and one who works with the police in Los Angeles when I was researching my podcast, which is um, a true crime podcast based on my book. And Dr. Shiloh was telling me that she knows lawyers and judges and policemen and members of the community, both male and female, who have been duped online scamming. It's a billion dollar industry. And if you look at the the statistics from Scamwatch, it's incredible how much money people lose and how big this industry is. So it's really great that I'm writing this book and doing this podcast to help educate others and that you're doing these conversations as well to help make people more aware that it can happen to anybody. And there's a, there's a formula that these people follow. And now that they've got... Sorry, Before
0: you get into that, before you get into that, I just want to back up mm. a, a second there. So what people don't realize is that this is not just somebody who woke up one day and said, hey, there's a vulnerable woman. She's lonely. Let me scam her. This is organized crime. And that is why it is so sad when people tell women, people, not just women, people like yourself, how could you be so stupid? I think what we want to highlight here that this is a highly, a form of highly organized crime. These are people who are highly skilled in what they're doing.
1: Absolutely. They're very, very skilled and they've got an answer for everything. And now they've been able to become even better at it because they've got Google Translate and they've got google to be able to spell check and use grammarly and things like that so when they are communicating they are able to be more convincing with their stories but there's actually many many red flags that you can look out for if you know what they are and i think that's one of the Can things you
0: can that- give us some of can you give us some of the red flags that people should be looking
1: out for sure they should be looking out for people who uh, present themselves as in a career that travels a lot, or they even use the term dear, or they have photos where they look like a model, or they have a, t- a double-barrel name like John Williamson. When they put that on Tinder, that's a sure sign that that is a scammer because most of the real people on Tinder or any of these apps only have one name. Um, they they tell you that they've got some that somebody sick or they're divorced or widowed. Um, They have a lot of different stories that they use use to make you feel compassion for them and try to get money out of you. They also use a technique called love bombing which is when they speak to you, words of love to you very, very quickly. And if anybody tells you that they love you or that they want to marry you or that you're the woman of their dreams or the man of their dreams, very quickly before you've met, that's a sure sign that they're a scammer. They also want to get off the dating sites and get onto WhatsApp or WeChat or something like that quite quickly. So that's another sign. There are so many. And in actual fact, in my book, Fool Me Twice, I want I've to got, put you on full screen so you can show your book. Okay, great. So in my, I'll try and get the glare off it, but in my book Fool Me Twice, which is by Jules Hannaford, the whole last section of this book, has a whole bunch of red flags to watch out to, for, how to online date safely, what to do if you're caught in an emergency, and I even dissect a real email that I got from a scammer over ten years ago and look at the different techniques that they use. So after my story, there's a whole lot of um, really good educational material in the back of this book. So this book's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and it's been getting amazing reviews. And it actually won a gold award in the Nonfiction Authors Association in the US just a couple of weeks ago. And it also became a bestseller on Amazon. So I'm really thrilled and it's getting great reviews. Um, so one of
0: the viewers are asking is the book about scams? So can you perhaps just re- repeat what the yeah. book is about?
1: So this is my memoir and it's my scamming story. And I was actually had a, caught in a couple of minor scams before this major scam when I went to Manchester, where I ended up losing a, a, a a 4,200 £4, pounds to this man. And I also was assaulted when he sl- um, crushed me between a door and a wall. And I really felt that my life was at risk. So this is about my scam story and there's more than one and then there's um, all the sort of online dating safety techniques at the end. But what I've also done is my daughter and I have turned it into a true crime podcast. Now this podcast is going to be released on October 25th next month and it's my story with my daughter narrating the story and she's got a a degree in psychology so she looks at a lot of stuff like gullibility and, um, and why people fall for scams and I've also got um, interviews with experts on online dating scams, like Roger A Grimes and uh, Alina Usula who wrote a book called Love on the Line and also the um, forensic psychologist from LA And also in each episode, I've got an interview with a woman who has been scammed online dating. So I've got South African, Australian and American women who are contributing their stories to my podcast. And it's a 10 part series. And I'm really, really proud of it. I'm so excited. It's going to be great. So Fool Me Twice is on Apple and Spotify. You can already subscribe. And the first episode will drop on the 25th of October.
0: Congratulations that is amazing. Now I'm so to, excited. <laughs> I'm very excited for you too. So yeah. my question is um most people male or female find themselves in a corner silenced out of shame and they won't talk about their stories because they've been alienated by um, their families and in some cases sadly a lot of these women because they've lost everything they own they end up in uh, they live, they end up living in appalling conditions and shelters what is it that's prompted you, now you're a prominent person because you're an educator and you're an educated person what mm-hmm. prompted you to want to come out with your story and not only come out but write a book and a podcast
1: Well, it, I what have led to that? I have to say it did take me some time to overcome the shame that I felt, I felt very foolish and very ashamed of the choices that I made. And you know my parents didn't know about it, my colleagues didn't know about it, I had told my daughter early on, but it really was, you know, in my role as a teacher, I help students, I counsel them, I actually teach personal, um, social and health education. I teach about this kind of thing, which made me feel even more foolish, because I did something that I warn others not to do. But really, it was actually Going to life coaching, which helped me, and also looking into brene Brown, Brene Brown mm. is an amazing woman who does a lot of talk on shame and vulnerability, and she's she really, amazing she's amazing, and I recommend for anybody who has been scammed and is feeling ashamed to look up Brene Brown on YouTube and check out some of her YouTube um, videos because she's absolutely inspiring, and she really reminds us that to own our story is the greatest thing that we'll ever do. And to be vulnerable is the way to overcome shame. That shame cannot survive if we share our stories and own our stories. And I did feel very, very anxious when I was writing the book. I was worried about my reputation as a teacher. I was worried about the company that I worked for. I was worried about what my parents would think and my friends that didn't know. But the reaction has been so overwhelmingly positive. I had 100% support from my, my work and my principal and the, and the company I work for. My parents were 100% supportive. They read the book and they both cried when they read the book because they felt so sad for me that I've been so alone for so many years and I'm a good person and I've just been searching for companionship and love. And I ended up being um, duped and swindled. But at the same time, they're incredibly proud of me. And, you know, my daughter has been amazing. She did the final line edit on the book. She's an editor and she was wonderful. And now she wrote the podcast based on the book and has narrated it. So, and, and I feel so empowered now and the reviews are amazing and the reaction and the support and I'm making connections around the world with people who've been scammed and they're looking to me for support. And advice and I'm more than happy to give it to them. So it's been incredibly rewarding and ultimately my shame has gone. My shame is absolutely gone and I feel very empowered and it really does help to understand that it happens to millions of people from all walks of life around the world.
0: Jules, your story is incredibly inspiring and I I hope that your story and your journey here will continue to inspire others to come out um, and realize that very often, you know we are we can feel overcome by shame. And the truth of the matter is that that shame resides only in our own minds. Yes it um, does. It, it resides in our minds, and at the minute we speak up and we we talk about it, it not only empowers us from within, but somehow it rejuvenates us and it, it's a way of actually um, getting people to rally around us and support us Absolutely. by telling our stories in a in a public space because it, it warns other people. You know, um, the thing that the, the, the reason why I felt compelled to want to share stories from various people from different countries different walks of life is to help people understand that this can happen to anyone every did i mean did you in your wildest dreams think that this would ever happen to you because that's what everybody thought it it would not it cannot happen to me
1: no, I really didn't think it would. But, you know, I didn't really know much about scamming back in, you know, eight or nine years ago. It wasn't as talked about in the media as it is now. And it wasn't as prevalent. But the, but the industry is getting bigger and bigger. And I think that one of the things that I've realized is that by talking about it, I can help others not to get caught in the same trap that I was. And I've already had people contact me saying, thank you. After reading the book, they realized they were caught in some sort of scam and they put an end to it. So that's great. If I can help one person, then that's so rewarding.
0: Absolutely. It's it's a little, it's, it's, it's not a little win. Um, it's a huge win to have been able to do what, what you've done. And I think, you know, as, as an educator, it's absolutely powerful for you to be able to now share this firsthand with your students. And they will share it with their friends and with their families. And yes. people that they know and I love that you've turned this into a podcast to reach even a bigger um audience you know congratulations for for stepping out and doing that and wanting to educate and empower other people um, in the process the book that you've written who is your intended audience
1: I think anybody who's interested in real life stories, anybody who's interested in being educated about online dating scams and romance scams, anybody who is compassionate about people overcoming adversity. It's a memoir, it's it's about my life. It's not just the scam story in Manchester. There are other scam stories because I was caught in a couple of smaller scams beforehand. And really, it's, it's, I think many women seem to be really interested in my book, but I've had great um, feedback from some men who have read my book as well. And I do know that some of the te- you know, older teenagers are reading it and I know some mothers who want their children to read it as well when they're kind of around the age of 16 or 17. So it, it really is something that is both entertaining, gripping and educational.
0: Where can people find your book Jules?
1: So it's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and uh, you can buy it online and it's also in bookstores in Hong Kong but I guess this is for more a South African audience so I'd recommend I'd recommend um Amazon.
0: Yeah, Amazon delivers everywhere so great place yeah. to great place to get the book and so you know if you would like to educate yourself educate your family um or if you've been scammed and you want to read someone else's story that empowers so that you don't feel so alone try and get your hands on the book is it available in the digital format as well or is it only yes. hard copy
1: yeah no it's on kindle as well and that, that's significantly cheaper than the hard hardback cover so um yeah it's it's available there and if anybody wants to check out the podcast they can go to my website, which is www.foolmetwicepod.com. And I'm going to put that on about...
0: screen um, right. so people can, people can get so that. Much. They can look so at it's... all the
1: information, www.foolmetwicepod.com. And um... they can sign up, they can subscribe there, they can read all about the story and me and my daughter's biographies and the experts. Um, okay. and, yeah, just get a little bit of backstory and the and the promo's already out so they can listen to the promo for the show. But I'm incredibly proud of this. The other thing I just wanted to mention is I really am the demographic for many people who are scammed. A single woman who has a job in my 50s, well I was in my 40s when I was scammed, but we're we t- typically older people are the demographic because we are some, you know, we appear to have money and we are also um, perceived by the scammers to be more lonely and vulnerable. And can I just point out in my podcast, I was able to get a, a live interview with a real life scammer from Ghana, a 24 year old scammer who shared his scamming story with me and the reasons behind why he scams and how he scams. So that was really an amazing coup to be able to get that. I was thrilled to speak to him and it's very, very interesting. So that's towards the end of my podcast.
0: Wow. That mm. is absolutely amazing. Yeah, um, I, got
1: him, I got him by looking for scammers on Tinder. I just, I just liked everybody who looked like they were a scammer until I got one who was willing to speak to me. So that was great. And it's amazing that... how many are there
0: yeah, I think you know, and again, I think you know, I, we want to sound a warning to to women. What would you suggest women do? Because you know, we we all, women are lonely. Um, like you say, it's usually middle-aged women who've lost a, a spouse, um, whether it was by death or or divorce. Um, usually they've got some money and the common denominator is loneliness and they pry on the fact that you are lonely and looking for love. What is your recommendation to the women out there who find themselves in that kind of situation? And they are, you know, not, not all... I mean, I personally know of people who are married now, who've met their partners online and they are happily married. So it's not... It's not impossible to meet a great person um online. What it's is your impossible. advice to it's not impossible so what is your advice to to people out there who are lonely and they feel that finding someone online is a safe way to do so what is your advice to them?
1: First of all read my book because you'll get a lot of educate educated um educative tips at the end of it. But I would say Make sure you Skype with somebody face-to-face and that you do it a number of times. Speak to them on the phone. Research them and Google them and, and do all of the um, investigative work that you can. Meet them as soon as possible. Don't spend months and months or years online with somebody and, and, and look, look out for the red flags and trust your gut and trust your instinct because if I look back, I knew something wasn't right and I chose to ignore it. So I think that it's really vital and if you do meet some, make sure, make someone, make sure you do it in a public place, that you somebody knows all of the details of where you're going and who you're meeting and give them their, all of their details and their phone number and maybe even take a friend with you. I wouldn't even recommend necessarily meeting someone for the first time on your own. And if they're a decent person, they'll totally understand you taking a friend. So I think there's many things that you can do, but watch out for the red flags and don't ever, ever, ever give anybody any money online, ever. No matter what they say or what they promise or what sort of dire tragedy or in need they say they are, don't do it.
0: Something I would like to say to women out there as well that are in this position and, and wanting to find someone, if you've met someone online, ask someone else you trust. To have a look at your correspondence.
1: Yes, good idea. To see ask an outside the
0: yeah, ask yeah. an outside person who is not as emotionally invested as you to look through the cor- the conversation because they will look at it from a different perspective and they will pick up the red flags and and back up because you already will have those internal flags which you now which are not which is now masked by your your emotions but another person looking at it will be able to to pick it up and say to you look this is a no-go zone there's too many red flags in here don't pursue it so never do because that is another one of the modus operandies I've picked up from these scammers is that they very cleverly will manipulate you into silence. They will manipulate you into not sharing your conversations or talking to other people. They'll keep you so busy that you, um, you know, they'll start this conversation of don't you trust me? Um, You know, it's one of their one of their big things, you know, so the minute somebody says to you, don't you trust, you know, do you trust me? It's a flag.
1: Absolutely, and they are skilled liars and skilled manipulators and they've been doing, many of them have been doing this for a long time and they have a formula that they follow mm. and they have scripts ready to send to you. So it's, look, if somebody's overseas and you don't have any way of meeting them, don't, just don't do it. And, you know, the other thing I would say, if you're feeling lonely and you're at this time of your life, go out and join a club, join an art class. Begin a sport, go and go and join a theater group, get involved in your local knitting group or a local book club, do things where you make connections with other people. And in actual fact, that's a really good way to meet people face to face.
0: Yeah. Jules, how can people connect with you? Are you, uh, where can people get in touch? How can people get in touch with you?
1: I suggest they just go to my webpage, um, uh, foolmetwicepod.com and I've got a contact form there and they can email me and contact me through that. And I've got foolmetwicejh for Jules Hannaford. That's my webpage and my Instagram and I'm Jules Hannaford on Twitter.
0: Fantastic. Jules, thank you so much. You've shared some golden nuggets. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for writing your book and sharing it and all the best with your podcast I know you're going to do phenomenally well with your podcast Um, and it was great great having you on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me it's been an absolute pleasure and I look forward to hearing from any of the listeners if they've got any questions or they want to learn anything else from me please get in touch I'd really love to hear from you thank you so much it's been a real pleasure
0: thank you for watching everyone and we'll be back again with another episode so from me Bridgette Band in Cape Town it's goodbye for now
1: bye everyone